up? This is the Me and My More Successful Friends podcast. I'm your host, Lori Marie. Today, I'm coming to you from Highland Park. I decided to drive through Cyclovia, which if you guys aren't familiar with Cyclovia, it's where all the streets in Hollywood get shut down so people that enjoy cycling and riding their bike and pissing off everyone that's in a car today um, can enjoy the roads. And that sounds really mean and like I'm not all for um, that type of transportation, but it's only when I need to get somewhere. So (laughs) today's been a really um, eye-opening day on testing my patience, and also I'm really learning a lot about time management when I end up in situations like this because I was supposed to come to Highland Park at 3.30 and it is now 4.53. So half of that was sitting in traffic because of everyone enjoying their bicycle and the other half of that was sitting in traffic but also not wanting to move because I sat in traffic because everyone was enjoying their bicycle. So that's where we're at today. Um, But I'm really excited. This is episode um, 16, and we are joined by one of my longtime friends and actually, like, one of my first L.A. friends, I would say, like, when I moved down to the quote-unquote city from the valley. And I lived in, like, the deep valley, so I can say that, Um, is Paige Smith. She is an artist and designer and all-around good person because she's been waiting on me for two hours to come over <laughs> and talk to her. So what's up, Paige? Hello. How How's your day been? How's your Sunday? It's good. It's lovely. I don't mind waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I, <laughs> if I can set the tone and let you guys know, like, Paige has a bunch of animals around her. Well, she has currently one right now. She has her dog next to her. Um, she has a lot of plants in her home and it is definitely my favorite place to be on a Sunday, which I realized that I've been hanging out with you consistently every Sunday, probably for the last month. That's true. (laughs) Oh, cool. I don't know. Is that you? I don't (laughs) think so. (laughs) A big car alarm just went off. I'm not sure if that will get picked up, but, um, so the way that the podcast goes, and we kind of already talked about it, is that I like to start off with everyone um, reminiscing with me on how we met and became friends. Great. So do you remember yeah. <laughs> the day we met? I do remember. We talk about it a lot because <laughs> I was doing weird things. <laughs> you were. Um, but it has been my like a huge part of my journey in life, that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we met at Poor House, which is a wine bar that I frequented. Yes. <laughs> like five days a week um, while you worked there. And I think we had come in a few times, all re- you know, over the weeks. Mm-hmm. And when I was there one day, um, I was frantically folding paper. <laughs> and you were like, that's weird, but cool, but weird. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I did. Why I was are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is this angelic person sitting on the patio? And you had cool people with you. 
um, with uh, all this paper. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone just looked really cool. Oh, thanks. I don't ever feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> it was my um, third day on the job. Really? Yeah, it was my third day on the job. And I you forget that it was that quick into your job, but we were there every day, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just remember being really interested in um, why you had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was less had to, more self-imposed, I guess. <laughs> so what I was doing was folding paper to make a massive installation for the standard in Hollywood which was my very first installation, actually. And I was so obsessively making this thing that I couldn't take a moment off. And to catch a modicum of a break, I would go to the <laughs> wine bar and also work on it. <laughs> Amazing. And this was in 2012. So yeah, that's seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was, if I remember... Obviously, you're going to tell the story, but from what I remember um, of the story, that was like the first time you got to really do this art project. It started out as an art project, right? Like it was just like this art thing yeah. that you thought I mean, of. that was the first time I was commissioned to do anything. Okay. So I was doing it on my own um, on the street for mm. actually only a few months, uh, maybe maybe five <laughs> wow and then someone saw so they're geodes yeah so the project is called urban geode mm -hmm. it sort of manifested the name and the branding and marketing and all that crap <laughs> like came over the years but when i started it it was just a you know solo frustrated graphic designer making art and putting it on the street and what it was was folded paper that looked like gems and crystals um and i would stick them into holes and cracks on the street so it looked like the buildings were growing crystals on the inside um and as they got chipped away it would reveal the magic that <laughs> was there yeah yeah and someone saw saw it on a blog right like someone had taken a picture of it yeah um well since i have a graphic design background <laughs> i was really diligent with my my longtime partner greg we would i would do these projects and he would come out and help me photograph them and i had a blog where i was uploading the photos and writing about my you know journey becoming an artist from a graphic designer and someone in venice saw one of my pieces of art on the street and they loved it so much they started googling keywords <laughs> <laughs> and found me wow. and it was just a chance of like really beautiful luck and you know a very um adamant person and it, it was it was a writer for refinery 29 um wow. like one of the the main uh editors that's so cool, and they kind of have been had been following your career from then on, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they never stopped. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're Instagram friends, <laughs> um, which sounds like nothing, but I've actually made a lot of really important connections on Instagram. Um, 
but yeah, she found my art, found my blog, read all about it, was enamored and wrote about it on Refinery. And it, there was like a, a hit then, you know, a lot of people started writing about it at that moment. And then some huge art blogs, um, notably This Is Colossal, um, r like found the work and wrote about it. And I remember I was just getting thousands and thousands of hits on my site in a day. You know, yeah. it just legitimately went viral. That's so crazy. And then that's and then from there is when you got the installation that yep. you were working on. Yeah. Where I met you at the poorhouse. And that was for the Standard Hotel in West Hollywood. Exactly. In the <laughs> glass box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where the woman sits. And yeah. And lays in front and of does your whatever. art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember very, I remember before it was a thing, she was, it was just becoming a thing. She was reading, um, oh God, uh, Shade of Grey. What's the? Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty gray. Shades of Grey. <laughs> well, <laughs> my <laughs> opening party, that was the book she was reading and really? I was actually really into it. That's really funny. Yeah. And the opening party was just right there in the lobby, right? That went into the little mm -hmm. tiki bar. Or I guess I, I call it a tiki bar. Yeah, know. exactly. It's yeah. just like a little bar lobby uh, yeah. thing. That's so funny because a little full circle because of you. This is just a side note because of a guest that was on the podcast like eight episodes ago. Um, because of you, I somehow got connected to other artists and then did Wikipedias for them. And then met this artist, Burt Rodriguez, who just recently, instead of a girl being in the glass box, was living in the glass box for the last three months. Oh, yes. That's so Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went and he was on my eighth episode and I did the podcast with him in the glass box. In the glass box. Yeah. That's amazing. And we actually talked about you on the episode because it was the first time I had ever even like I had been to the standard before in passing, but I think during those times I was maybe drunk and I just never noticed <laughs> the glass box. I mean, uh, you really have to go in. Yeah. You know? So it was funny. So we talked about you because I was like, oh, my friend. That's so know, cool. Paige. What did he do in the glass box? So he made appointments like people could go online and they can make an appointment and you had to bring an object that you wanted to give him that he would make into art or like add it to make it a piece of art. And oh, you would so it was like a social thing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and you could just sit and talk to him for an hour. You can do whatever you want in the glass box, and he filmed everything. <laughs> whatever you want. Whatever. <laughs> well, well, that's legal <laughs> since everyone's walking by. Not pornography? <laughs> no, but he had a story. We could talk off air about it because this is about <laughs> you, but he had a story about another type of interactive installation he did on a in a hot tub on a rooftop in Miami early on in his career when he got Whitney Biennial and there was some story to that and he oh. tells it on the episode. And it. Gets, I'll gets be listening to that. Gets a little <laughs> sexual. But anyway, so <laughs> I thought that was kind of a nice little um, tie up of how our worlds have collided yep. over the years. I love it. So yeah, so it was really cool. So from my point of view, I'm at the wine bar. I'm this guy is sh I'm shadowing who's serving Paige and her cool friends. She was actually with some other cool people that I, I would love to name drop because they're actually going to be on the podcast too, but we'll keep it a surprise <laughs> and we'll just keep doing a chain. <laughs> yeah, I casually hang out with really famous. No, I have one famous. <laughs> 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 but um, so I walk out onto the patio and Lorena, the owner's like, oh, go outside. There's this cool girl out there. 
She didn't are, say that. No, but <laughs> in my head, I think I don't in know what mind, she said. That's I don't know what she said. I think she just said like you have to go outside. Go help those patrons. Probably something. Give them rosé. Yeah, and I walk <laughs> out, and like you're sitting there with like Jeffrey. And I forget who else is there. Was Greg there that day? Greg was definitely there. It was the three of us at least. Right. Okay. That's it. And then Steven, you guys had a good rapport with him. And yes. he was like, this is Lori. She's new. And you're like, hi. And I'm like, what are you doing? That was like the first thing I think I said. <laughs> and um, and then, yeah, you guys kept coming in. And then I just from there got to watch you grow as an artist, which was really cool. So after that installation... I'm trying to remember you had a couple other really cool things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I did that installation and then it was sort of nonstop since then. Um, I've been really fortunate (laughs) to um, be um, solicited (laughs) for many, many more installations from then on. Of this one. Yeah. This one concept concept has just been ever going deep you know i've i've been able to get projects doing it and finding growth through those projects um there's definitely a downside to that um but i've been so lucky and i'm i'm sort of one of those people that just says yes to everything and try makes it work <laughs> just makes it happen <laughs> right yeah whether it was a good fit or not you know which mm-hmm. i think is one of my flaws but I, I definitely said yes to almost everything, maybe 99% of things. Yeah, I think shortly after that, in that same summer, then you did, um, it was a competition at Hollywood and Highland. Oh, I did, um, it was like live art. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a competition, and then yeah. I also did live art. So they were like, some artists could do live art. And, of course, I'd said yes to everything. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it was uh, Live Large, and it was Hollywood and Highland, and they had this, like, elephant, and everybody did the elephant in their style. And I did it in geodes because that's what I do. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a good experience. I met someone there that actually started doing art that was a copy of mine and now she goes around town telling people that I ripped her off what really I didn't know that yeah it's kind of intense and she actually called me once and left a message like (gasps) I think we're doing similar art and was like really like let's talk about this but it's crazy because she met me and I have pictures of her watching me do my art oh and the timeline she did not do anything like that. No. And then she started doing these big triangles on the street, like big. And I was like, well, she's a hack because she can only do tetrahedrons, which is lame because that's what everybody does when they copy and mimic my art. It's just mm-hmm. the easiest thing to do is hold a triangle. Mm-hmm. That's what a tetrahedron is. Okay, like I was going to ask you. It's a pyramid. <laughs> it's a okay. pyramid. Right. You Illuminati know type. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's Illuminati. Um, Shout out. <laughs> I think the Illuminati has four sides of the top, and regular tetrahedrons have three sides of the top. Okay. So um, that's even lamer. <laughs> yeah, you're not even doing She wasn't even Illuminati. Yeah, come um, on. Try to reap the benefits of that if you're going to steal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually been like sort of a stressor in my life. 
like her I'm doing that. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Wow. She, I actually had art in the LA art fair and she was there and she sort of like got irate when she saw my art and the people that were selling my art was like, yeah, she was there and she looked like she wanted to punch it, like rip it off the wall. So I think she really thinks she started that. <laughs> like there's something going Same. on. Yeah, I think she's designed that in her head, but I have actual proof that she was watching me and asking me a thousand questions with all wow. the photography that there was. God, don't people This is know? a total aside from Holly, Hollywood and Highlands. Yeah. This is like what I experienced. But this is what this is what I want. <laughs> this is how the podcast should unfold. I that's so intense because like don't people realize like in in the social media age and with everything being time stamped and just having proof, like it's really easy to be able my to be blog, like, no, my bitch. Website, the yeah. history of it all. Yeah, and then articles, obvious. even print, people printing, like, because people can Photoshop shit, but actual print articles yeah. about your art. Which exist. I'm in books and newspapers. <laughs> yeah, like, you have a Wikipedia page. And yeah. for anyone that wants to knock Wikipedia and say, like, oh, anyone can write anything, no, as a person who used to write pages for people, that's actually bullshit. They cannot. You cannot. It'll stay up for, like, 48 hours, maybe a week. It's crazy hard <laughs> to exist on Wikipedia. I am here to vouch for Lori <laughs> on that. Because there is a Wikipedia page for Paige Smith, who is a fictional character <laughs> in a TV show. Downtown Abbey, right? No, it's oh. like some fucking... <laughs> can I say that? Yeah, you can cuss. I uh, say It's gross like some stuff. fucking character on a TV show in Australia. Oh, it's like my God. A nothing... It's just a fake person. Yeah, and that... And it was so hard <laughs> to, let, to get them to post about a real working contemporary artist... Who has accolades. Smith. That, yeah, it was like... My press wasn't, my press was not serious enough. Like, I didn't have enough seriousness. But it, like, I love how we, I used to sit in chat rooms and fight with people that, like, <laughs> work at Wikipedia. Or, Good for you. Yeah, I would get really crazy with it. And they would be like, no, um, social media doesn't, ca I'm like, it is 2000 whatever. Social media is here to stay. Like, if someone has this much, like, this many people reposting their shit, like, that should mean something oh, because, yeah. like, look at all these artists, even musicians or, you know, people, like, comedians that are getting famous because of yes. YouTube and, I, and I think that's actually, like, a part of my success were the art blogs. Right. And I actually wasn't even part of Instagram when I started. I started it after because my friend's like, you have to have an Instagram. I remember. Idiot. I was trying to look you up. Uh, yeah, it didn't <laughs> exist. But I got big before that, which was nice. Um, it's a cool feeling. But it was the art blogs. And it was just like this firestorm of every art blog that mattered wrote something. If you follow a art blog, it was on there. Right. And that was such a beautiful, cool thing. And that is what made it. That's what made it a thing on the map. You know, it's, it's when people care, you know. Right, like yeah. masses, when masses care. Yeah, it's part of, like, a counterculture. And um, Would you say during that time, so, like, let's, let's, like, do, like, some time blocks. Like, so from, like, 2012 to 2014, like, what would you say from that, those two years, from when you started to, like, really getting some momentum, what, what were you most proud of during that time? Um, well, actually, my first installation, I, it 
kind of is one of my still my most favorite because I remember saying we're actually looking at it right now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, it's still here. I have it. Um, but now you rent it out. I rent cool it shit. out. I've <laughs> never sold it. Nobody wanted to pay money for it, but Not I've true. already, I've already rented it out for money for. <laughs> the value so yeah <laughs> i'm not in a hurry to sell it i don't mind looking at it actually um i'm really proud of it because i remember saying that i kind of wanted to look like a psychotic mm-hmm. and i think i did you know i i folded thousands of thousands paper. i think i even helped you not with this one but i've i've helped you before fold the paper <laughs> yeah. so almost I, everyone's helped yeah. me so <laughs> I've gotten a first-hand account of how crazy it is. Yeah, It's tedious and annoying, and actually my own partner that I've been with for 13 years, (laughs) he tried it. He has folded not even one piece. Really? He started folding one and stopped because he's like, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know, but Greg will do the heavy lifting. Oh, my. Yeah, he's my crazy partner. Like, I couldn't have done half the things I've done without him because... Of his photography skills, his support, his he's my carpenter. He's amazing. <laughs> he builds yeah. stuff for me. So it is okay that he will not fold the paper. Can we backtrack and share the story of, because I love this story um, that you told me, you guys both told me when you were in the car, and I'm sorry if I don't remember all the details correctly, but you guys were driving, I think, from San Francisco to L.A.? Is that when you were like, I just want to be an artist? Mm-hmm. So can you tell, share that? Because <laughs> I think it's really important because for someone like me who um, kind of later on in after having a car- uh, many careers like decided to do comedy, it's sort of like that aha moment, and I think that's really cool and it's very relatable. Yeah. So... And Greg would also describe it as annoying. (laughs) 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 So what happened was we drove north to a friend's wedding. And actually, I was like really hungover when we were driving back. And I remember just feeling very emotional. Like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, Mm -hmm. we had such a beautiful weekend and it was an escape. And what a nice time. And I just, I was like really fragile and... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I had drank too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shame that you feel. Oh, shame. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I was like, I just don't know what to do with my life. And Greg was so wonderfully supportive. And we just talked about it for hours. Like, what do you want to do? Uh, it was a slog. And by the end, l- late, mid, late of the trip, I was like, man, I think I, I think I want to be an artist. I think to be an artist that would be so cool I love designing but I feel pulled down by it trapped by it clients blah 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 mm-hmm. art sounds like a great thing um we'll get back to that later <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um and I was like okay I'm gonna be an artist and I think that was October mm-hmm. and in November, <laughs> I made my first Urban Geode. It was like five weeks later or something. And I made my first Urban Geode. And then two months later, I was in Refinery29. And then four months later, I was making an installation at the Standard. Wow. 
so just from a Greg's like you're so annoying you're so <laughs> annoying you're like I'm gonna be an artist and then, and then, you then you're an artist it. yeah <laughs> but that's like that's how it happens sometimes it's kind of yeah. like you just get this I- this idea pops into your head and also something you guys should know about Paige she's obsessed with the dark crystal <laughs> I'm obsessed with a lot of fantasy. <laughs> but that's All fantasy. Yeah, with the dark crystal, like, whenever I would, I, I always connect the, that. The crystal? Yeah. That's to funny. Your I don't even think about that. Really? No. See, that's, like, what I, when I, if that's my. The crystal shard means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to write, like, five fun, interesting facts about Paige, it would be, like, she loves the dark crystal. <laughs> it makes me think of her I art. I make you watch Return to Us. Oh, my God. So, Paige likes. I love you. I love <laughs> Jim Henson and all yeah. Muppets and Puppets and yes. anything fantasy, and that includes Return to Oz. <laughs> <laughs> and I love all of those things as well, but um, I've seen Return to Oz enough, and I think it was like one I time. I probably fell asleep halfway through, and then you were mad at me after. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is good. I don't need to watch this ever That's again. That's fine. One of my best <laughs> friends in life, we bonded over Return to Oz. And we were like, that's so special that you like it too. <laughs> it's not for everybody. So Paige, you're, Paige is not from L.A. So you're from uh, Texas. Yes. That's where you grew from up. From the suburbs of Dallas. Dallas. And Miller. then you started going to school there, right? But then you transferred to San Francisco? Um, I started community college there. And then I went to Texas Tech. And I got my degree at Texas oh, Tech. I actually finished yeah. school. Congratulations. Um, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> A lot of people I have on here have not. <laughs> yep. Yep. I actually did that, even though my best friend, who also loves Return to Oz, <laughs> left me <laughs> in the middle of it to follow her now husband. Wow. And then I followed her to San Francisco. Oh, you guys are all in love. That's yes. so cute. <laughs> I, I'm, li- I'm in love with her. It's a deep, loving relationship. So, yeah, I she followed him, then I followed her. Wow. And then I stayed there for five years and then I moved to LA. And when you were there, you were working sort of like in the club scene. Yes. And that's sort of how you kind of, I think, kind of grew into like what you are now, like your style and everything. <laughs> Would you say that's all kind of um, developed in San Francisco? Yeah, I think I, I do say that I grew up in Dallas and I was raised in San Francisco. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um it was such a blossoming era for me. Um I never really something about Texas never like connected mm-hmm. for me and that was why it was so easy to just follow a friend. <laughs> so just leave. <laughs> yeah, just bye. Get the fuck <laughs> I out. finished school and two days later I drove. Wow. Yeah, I was like bye. <laughs> like, to I'm San Francisco. Here. Yep. I took all the credits I possibly could to graduate, and the day I finished classes, I just out of there. my stuff. And um, you guys lived in the city or out? In the city. In the yeah, city. Like in the first place I lived in was Knob Hill, which is like a place people don't live. Only rich people, like really, really <laughs> rich people. But it was like <laughs> six of us in, <laughs> in a, a one be- two-bedroom apartment. Whoa. Um. Yeah, it was really nice. Most of them left after the summer, and then my friend and I stayed, and then she eventually left. We we actually moved to the Tender Knob, which is basically Knob Hill butted up against the Tenderloin, which is where all the homeless hang out and do oh, okay. drugs. <laughs> um, but 
super close to Union Square, and I worked making coffee at Borden's Books. <laughs> um, yeah, I had, like, a really silly, like, kind of Texas job in California, and then and then I started working the club scene, like, doing um, bottle service and serving wine and bartending and just, like, doing whatever job I could get my hands on to make money. And then I, and then I, my, so what I was trained in was graphic design. And so I got an internship. So I did that on daytime and then I, I did bartending at night and I made friends meet that way. Very classic. <laughs> um, no support from the family. I just like did my thing. Nice. Self-made. Yeah. And then you met Greg. I did. I met him in the club scene the because club scene. I made really good friends with people that threw big parties, and so I'd work the door for them. I'd bartend little events that didn't require actual bartending, <laughs> just like pouring <laughs> drinks. Yeah, <laughs> opening bottles. I never like developed that skill. Um, <laughs> and then Greg was doing visuals, okay. so he would like do huge visuals at parties and um, just sort of like a part of the crew. Mm -hmm. And I hit on him <laughs> several times. <laughs> 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 we're laughing because yeah he is great Paige's um partner greg is also like you guys are a very great artistic duo like yeah we really support each other yeah in everything we do yeah so i think he's really important to your story because mm -hmm. like everything that you guys do it's it's so crazy i've never seen two people that just bounce off each other so yeah. well especially like yeah that's a really nice way to put it. I think we really, like, feed each other. Yeah. And without taking anything away from my skill and work and everything, I think so, mu so much of who I am and what I became is from his support. Wow. You know? And it's been 13 years. It has been 13 years. And so you guys met, what, three years into you living in um, San Francisco? Yeah. Two and a half, three years. And then, and then we were together for two years. And then you moved. Yeah, I think we were, I was there for three. We met, we met, and then we were together for two. And then now we've been living in LA for ten. Wow. We like made that leap together, and we we love it here in LA. Yeah, you were sans traffic. <laughs> and you went from there to the arts district. Yep, we lived in the arts district. In that loft. arts district for four years. And then Echo Park. Echo Park briefly, and now Highland Park. Highland Park, where we are presently. So, okay, so that's cool. So I, see, I just love that part of the story. So I had to get that in there. That was from my own like I selfish. Know. <laughs> we, well, if you want to know, I hit on him at Alcatraz, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Do you want to come see this dead crow?" And he was like, "Yes." <laughs> and that's how I knew he was an amazing man. <laughs> and the rest is history. We're both weird together. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. And then there's also, yeah. So you came to L.A., you did the standard, and then, um, yeah, you were getting a lot of press, I remember. And then you did something else after that that was kind of big and different, and I... I'm trying to yeah, follow the it's timeline. It's a little bit weird. I think people would slap my face if they're like this working artist, these art an artist that wants to be a working artist. Like, I forget just because I've done so much. Like, mm -hmm. I kind of 
even the jobs come after jobs come after jobs and I forget to record them or forget to take pictures. (laughs) 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 Other people do. Like people tell me and I'm like, yeah, we did do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did so much. I did some, I didn't, I think the next installation I did, the very next one was for a gallery in the arts district. Um, It was like La La Gallery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know La La, yeah. Yeah, did a, that was the first time I worked with resin and (laughs) I remember him being like, you can do it. And I was like, yeah, we'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) He just kind of like trusted me (laughs) to figure it out. Um, Yeah. um, I did. I did an installation. That installation became an installation for the Viper Room. That was temporary. Wasn't supposed to be, but. Oh, and then they, they, they were. Both of those were cursed. Like they, the installation got taken down without my permission. So they handled my art without asking me oh shit and it got damaged each time and actually viper room took it down didn't even they told me but they were like can you come get it today like they didn't even give you notice give me a warning i was like no (laughs) busy yeah um and this saint kept it for me like in his garage for a year Wow. And he contacted me on Instagram and was like, I think you might want this. Do you? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment and, you know, in life that someone was like, I know you value this. I do. You know? Right. So. And they worked at the Viper Room? He was like a friend of a friend. Crazy. And so why did they, I remember they were doing renovations. Is that why they ended up taking it so, down? Yeah. I haven't even been there. I don't go there, you know. Oh, yeah. They, they do a lot of, um interesting things there now yeah it's not just i think there was a guy that was managing it and he got me in and then mm-hmm. you know he things stopped working there yeah and, and things change people just yeah things change i think they were trying to get a lot of art in there and my art was kind of odd and mm-hmm. they're like we changed our mind about this thing so yeah so what was the art scene like from your perspective like during this time period when you started um kind of this sort of concept started taking off and you had a lot of people like commissioning and wanting you to do exhibitions and like what was the scene like like do you did you feel like you were doing something that kind of not necessarily mirrored but I would say like complemented a lot of what was going Mm -hmm. on in the scene or was it like you were just doing it and you weren't really kind of hyper-focused on anything around you necessarily because you were getting so many people (laughs) like, hey, do this, 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 and this. Like, what was the influence like? Because obviously the concept is always like the same. For me, when I write a joke, the premise is always the same, but then you add things. Mm. So Mm -hmm. for you, like, were you always adding sort of new touches or like not changing the idea, but... Yeah. I think that that's a really good question. Um, because when I started doing it, I mean, I always notate that I went to like a huge show at the Mocha, um, the Geffen and it was art in the streets and Mm. it was like one of the pivotal moments where I was like, oh, this is beautiful, incredible, how inspiring it was real art from the streets in a gallery and it it was almost like, oh, you can do this, you know, and, like, be an yeah. artist. And, I mean, a lot of emotional reasons are the reasons I decided to do street art, at, street art, but I became very aware of street art. And 
actually I know a lot more street artists than actual artists by name, you know, mm-hmm. from a range from like the, you know, tagging to everything, you know, um, and I did become very focused on the scene, um, but it had nothing to do with what I was doing. Um, it wasn't what ins- actually inspired my work. It, mm. it was another person on the street that inspired my work, Sean Borman, who is filling holes with Legos. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, so yeah. very, very similar. Um, you know, but the whole other twist on it and different style and everything. But I love, I, I saw all this art on the streets and I was like, absolutely zero people are doing like any kind of sculpture work typical typical public art is sculpture mm-hmm. and it's usually pretty lame like <laughs> you know what I mean like right yeah <laughs> there's not a lot of inspiring stuff but there there is you know people do really incredible things even even graphic designers like Sagmeister who's like a design god does really cool street work but it was never it was never something that people looked at and took very seriously and I I think that's what's happened since I started and here we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of a booming, like, incredible, rich, saturated time where everybody was just doing stuff. Right, Making something. art. And now, I remember, and I remember also, pi- like, more regular painters, artists, were like, I'm not going to do stuff on the street. <laughs> you know, like yeah, they wanted to be paid for their yeah, craft. like a hundred percent all the time yeah. because they valued themselves, which is really important. Um, because I mean, now it's it's actually a market, so you shouldn't be putting stuff on the street unless it's for yourself and right. you're passionate. And if it's for someone else, they better be paying you. But I remember I would do it for free all the time. Because I was so excited and so passionate, and someone would be like, "I have these holes, daily dose. I have these <laughs> yes. holes oh, that's in the wall. Do you want to do it?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> and he's not paying me, but you I wanted loved it. to do it, yeah. And I think that was sort of the energy and vibe. Not just me, but so many artists were putting out there, and just the world felt it. Right, you know? like sharing, just sharing yeah. your creativity and like sharing became a big part of my work as well um and but so you know that was that was like an attitude like serious art people didn't take it seriously but it took over the world and now it serious artists are painting on the street and i think i think it's really beautiful you know if if you are able to see that and Mm -hmm. do that and respond to it it you're successful you know (laughs) now that was the but climax. It, yeah, it was kind of <laughs> crazy. And I thankfully <laughs> was accidentally part of that. And but also so excited by it. So it was, no one was necessarily influencing me because I came up with this one idea and repeated it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I think the excitement and wanting to do work was a, b- a big part of it. And to constantly almost, forgive me if, this is the wrong term, but to reinvent the idea. Well, yes. That's one of the most difficult things to do is to... This is something I've struggled with the whole time since 2012. 
is that I have this beautiful idea that people love and that's all they ask me to do. And mm. at times I've, I've called myself a geode monkey. <laughs> like all I do is stick geodes on things and I really like shit on myself. Um, but I've had to grow a lot and like change my process and find new ways to work on it. And it is, I think that is sort of what, I don't even want to put myself in this category, but because I'm so young, but great artists do that. They, mm -hmm. they s find a theme and they work it forever and ever and they really like, they hone it to like, you know, just great power. And I sometimes I try and look at that and think, okay, I could do that. And then other times I'm like, I fucking hate you. It's not something new. <laughs> Which I think is very, like, so just all of us at times. Like, yeah. Like, I can. It's like a career, right? Yeah. Like, I chose one thing, and who knew I'd say the word geode like 50,000 <laughs> times? Like, I hate it, right. but I should love it. Because it's also like your bread and butter, and it and it's yep. afforded you to be able to be creative and open doors to so many other things. So, which is, this is such a smooth transition. I've never had one of these before on the podcast. But Ooh, let's congrats. talk about <laughs> just your the when you started um, your business and you wanted to design bat handbags and yep. just everyday sort of like multifunctional bags that not only are for fashion purposes but um you know I c I'm having a brain fart right now but help me out <laughs> oh dang you got so caught up on the transition you, like I did it. I was <laughs> like I'm such a badass it only took me 16 episodes and um yeah I fuck I really fucked that up but anyways page made page I, design I can help. thank you okay <laughs> 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 so I was like, I'm going to be an artist. I'm already a graphic designer. And then I was like, oh, I've had this idea for years, years since I lived in San Francisco to make functional bags. Functional. Design That's functional the bags. Word. The kind <laughs> that convert from day to night seamlessly and are also fashionable. And, you know, you. you know, yeah, all that shit. So I had that idea. And then someone inspired me to like really pursue it. And I started developing this bag brand, which eventually became named Vera Verto. Um, I was developing that at the same time that I decided to do the street art. Um, at the same time that I decided to do the street art. <laughs> then the street art kicked off. And then I... I, that was totally unexpected, really, really unexpected. I was just yeah, was very doing fast. that for passion and fun and life, and I was like, I want to fucking design these bags, and that launched the year after, and it became a real thing as well. <laughs> this was in 2004? 2013 was when we, in the middle of 2013, so almost exactly a year after my installation, installation. Wow. So I had been developing it and then launched that and we were traveling with Spain and taking it very seriously and like going to markets and we got small amounts of funding and we grew that business into like half a million dollar business wow. in 
six years. Which is kind of unheard of, like no <laughs> one. It's actually like pretty tip. I think five years for is fashion. Like when fashion brands like you're gonna make it break, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so I almost I knew so little, actually nothing about the fashion <laughs> business, and I'd never designed a product in my life. So I was learning on the job, which is what I do for basically everything. Right. And apparently succeed at a lot. That's pretty <laughs> Oops. dope. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm really good at synthesizing information and using it. That's, I think, I think I am an inherent designer where I just like to take tons of information and organize it. Right. And that's, that's how I just keep going in life. So... <laughs> So, yeah, Vera Verto was just, like, growing and growing and demanding more time. And I basically was still working as a graphic designer, doing these installations, working on Vera Verto. I had three full jobs, and I burnt out five million times. And I guess your transition was about to talk about how I'm I'm actually closing Vera Verto today, this very day. Yeah, today, August 18th. Yeah. yeah, 2019. Yep. So, but that's not to say that it wasn't successful because, I mean, you, like you said, half a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. Um, you created how many lines uh, from Very Verto or like? S- yeah, two seasons a year. Two seasons a year. So, 12. 12, <laughs> which is incredible. And my favorite is the last one because you actually incorporated more of your design eye and I your got really art. kooky with it. Yeah. So what was your favorite bag to design? Um, to actually design? Mm-hmm. I think the one that I had most fun designing, there were two. <laughs> the one. No, there's <laughs> two. Um how do you choose between your babies? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe the Lumi was the most fun. And the Lumi is the one that is like cylind- yes. two cylinders, yep. right? It ended up looking like kind of like a lantern. Yeah. Inspired bag. It's. I actually was taking paper pieces that I knew how to fold and make and Whoa. making them into a bag. So that was really cool. It was like truncated cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um, stacked on each other and, and that bag got a lot of press right like it was in a lot of like editorials it did a pretty great job yeah um it hasn't existed that long but it definitely um i had one store that just kept ordering them mm-hmm. as much as they could because they just kept selling them so that's really cool and then we ha- we also had our like kind of famous deco bags Right. But I did it with the collaboration with Sissy St. Marie. She had the idea to do the bag. And then I designed it. And then Solange wore it. Right. The while it accepting an award. And I think that was like the epitome. Yeah. <laughs> like if you can get one, uh, if you can get one of the knolls. Yeah. To wear your shit. I mean. Yeah. You've made it. Like mm-hmm. you could die. Yeah. Happy. So great. Yeah. And um, to explain what. For anyone out there who's like a huge Solange and Beyonce Beyonce fans, um, what she wore was Paige's take on the fanny pack from the '80s. But you guys like made it ultra modern leather band, yeah. And then it had multiple. Com- it like was like it was a belt, and then it had three different bags on it that were different shapes. 
And there have been so many copycats <laughs> of this design. Like, you can walk into Target and find <laughs> a copycat. Oh, man, I've been ripped off by Forever 21, this Australian brand called The Horse. Yeah. People, like, really have knocked off my designs, which is actually, I've never even called them out on it. Maybe because I'm a pussy, but <laughs> I also, like, I'm pretty flattered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, like the ultimate form of flattery, right, is, um, you know, when people copy. Yeah. There's a word for it, but I haven't had is it. Is when people copy is great. Yeah, I haven't had enough coffee today. Actually, I don't think I've had any coffee yet today. Um, so that's, that's kind of like full circle. So you, like, let's see where, um, you are now closing this chapter, but I, I would am. say that just from knowing you over the last seven years and then you doing that the last six, right? Mm -hmm. um, you actually seem like really happy for what's coming, like what's next. Yeah. I mean, I think the ultimate mistake I made was deciding to develop this bag brand to move forward with that in the middle of this art boom mm -hmm. um, that I had personally um i think that was a mistake and i mean not a mistake in the scheme of things i'm actually like crazy proud of what i did and where it came and how we survived and i've learned so <laughs> much i feel like i got a master's degree mm -hmm. um i think i definitely got a master's degree and just but i but i also think the mistake was having too many jobs because none of them, could you imagine what any of them would have been if that was what I was concentrating on, like, yeah. completely? So, it, it hurts a little, but also, I'm, I'm just an excited, excited, passionate person, and it's okay. It's like my life journey, but I think that's why I'm so excited now, because I can look at Very Very Two and think, success. Right, good, you did proud. it. Um, it's okay to close, like. Great job. Um, now I can work on art full time. And do you yeah. have any new ideas or anything that you're working on that you would want to share or tease? Sure. Or <laughs> it's crazy. I think the day that I announced I was closing Vera Verto, I flew to Philly to work on a new mural project that mm. is funded and it's not Geo. <laughs> wow, something different. <laughs> yes. Don't tell. Are you gonna be a painter? Um. Well, <laughs> I'm still gonna. I'm gonna design a wall, and then mm. we have some. We have a huge community aspect because with the geos, I always had community stuff going mm. on. I was right. a big share of my work. Yeah. Explain what that was. I meant to get to that. Oh yeah. Um. I used to send geos all around the world for people to put up in their own cities. So mm -hmm. <laughs> not only did I like work on all my own installations, I would just make art to give to people, people. To put up. <laughs> and to let them become a part yes. of. Yeah, it was all about a social experiment, community aspect, sharing art and work. And it, it made it a global project. Which I think is amazing and incredible and so what we need right now or what we have needed in the last seven years, just 
as far as like art and creativity and with social media i mean what a better time to come up with that type of concept than Mm -hmm. with social media where you just put your art in the hands of people that use social media and then all of a sudden you're connected to someone in egypt yeah oh my god i've met people in jordan and turkey and i went to turkey wow um because she did such an amazing amazing job putting up art and using social media um so we did work there together um i've met people all over the world through that project and i that was one of the coolest things i've ever done and i really want to do it but i had to stop because i couldn't spend all my own money right, <laughs> spend all my flat. own time <laughs> <laughs> you're like i have bills <laughs> i think that looking forward that is my future i hope to actually be trying to find grants and funding for things like that where i can keep sharing the work mm-hmm. that's that's something that feeds me so know? with the the pro- sorry i i cut you off and made you talk that's about the okay. other thing but we can go back to the other thing too um with philly so this mural insula- it's an installation or a mural both both oh yeah. and you're gonna go you're continuously working on it like you're gonna go back there again or you already um, did it i went there and we met with a bunch of um groups through the mural arts in philly and um people helped me start making the installation part and they're gonna keep oh. making the installation part and i'm gonna keep making it and then we'll probably have some group workshops when i go back oh, to very keep cool. making the installation part and then i'm also designing the mural incredible so look there's at a lot that. it's it's a weird new project that i've never done and mural arts is definitely um they're like go ahead experiment here's some yeah. money no that's so cool in conjunction with paradigm gallery i have to shout out to them because they yes. support me so much oh and we should talk because we still have a a few more minutes um one of the major things you did this year or in the last you were working on it for a while but that came out in the last year was your art installation that you got picked to do at the tom bradley terminal in lax yes i guess that was sort of like the the pinnacle the pinnacle yeah it was just like bam like huge you know 45 foot installation at LAX. I think the standard and LAX are my two favorite installations I've done. Yeah. So the standard was probably like, would you say that was the start where you're like, oh my god, okay, I'm officially an artist. I'm doing this. And then LAX was like everything I've done up to this point. Now I can say like I've been successful. Yeah, it was sort of like everything I've done has built it so that I could do this. Wow. Because. I mean, and even I know we talked about how annoying it was, how I became an artist so fast. And I think that's but that's a but it's like everything I had done had thrown me to get there. Like the way I deal with clients as a graphic designer, a freelance graphic designer Mm -hmm. and the way I like approach projects is very designery, not artisty. Right. You know, and what's the difference for people that aren't like Um, because. So I also, I do obviously um, site-specific installation work. So everything is different all the time. So Mm -hmm. that is like a designer approach is sort of working with what you have, like Mm -hmm. within that box and being creative in the box and actually working with the clients to like fulfill a vision that they have and I have Mm -hmm. together. And artists um, have 
they should have this beautiful life of creating what inspired them like what they're inspired to create and I sort of approach it from like okay what materials what functions how big how small inside outside what do you need what do I you know Mm -hmm. it was sort of like a collaborative effort in like trying to get our vision you know because I'm working with a specific style how do I make that work for whatever events space sort of thing so Mm -hmm. it definitely I would say that's more designer mentality with more technical, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And would you say in the future, um, because your partner is also, like, do you think that you guys are going to ever team up and do something collaborative? Like, where it's not just, like, you're assisting with visuals for whatever he's working on and he's assisting, but, like, actually, like, team up and say we're going to do something together? Honestly, I'd like to. I'd really like to. Um, the hard part is is that we're both so hyper-creative. Like, mm-hmm. we really know how to keep ourselves busy. <laughs> I th- I'm, we have talked a lot about doing some installation work together as a team um, with some different concepts, but we neither of us have put in a lot of effort to make that happen. But I think we both kind of crave that. Right, and now that you're going to have one focus, Mm -hmm. maybe that's what's next for 2020. Maybe. Yeah. I'll have to wrangle him. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Paige, this was so fun, and um, I'm, I feel, I really feel like this was, for me at least, like, seven years in the making to sit down and have this conversation, because I talk to you all the time about what you're doing, but I've never, like, been able to just focus and like have like an honest conversation Mm -hmm. and so it was really cool to actually learn some things that I didn't really like know about your career um yeah and it's a pretty great it's fun yeah and I'm I just want to say I'm really proud of you and yeah and I think that already (laughs) yeah I know and uh, like just this whole um just having you on my podcast and and being able to like share your time and like share with me what you think success is and like your experience is actually like very fruitful because I get to watch you all the time Mm -hmm. like do your craft and I feel like I take a lot from you and I learn a lot and it helps me in turn with my stuff so (laughs) So it's it's hard when you're deep in it because you don't feel that way but it's it's cool yeah I think you reflect yeah you do you you inspire people and so that's I just wanted to say that. So let's um, tell everyone what your social is so they can find you and learn more about you. Sure. Um, Well, my my name is Paige Smith, and I make fun of that. All (laughs) of my handles are at a common name. (laughs) Literally how it sounds. (laughs) Instagram, Twitter. Acommonname.com. She has a Wikipedia. You'll find me. That I didn't write, but I kind of helped a little bit with. I think I helped edit it a little bit. But yeah, now her dog is trying to make out with me, so we're going to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Say bye, Todd. Bye. (laughs) His name's Todd.